0: Secrets from a coach. Thrive and maximise your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson-Staveley of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Laura, are you alright? I'm doing well. Do you know, I'm feeling actually quite optimistic.
1: Are you? What makes you feel so optimistic, Law?
0: Well, funny enough, there's nothing like planning for how to talk about keeping optimistic during challenge to actually cheer yourself up a little bit and remind you, well, certainly me, what does it mean to be optimistic what is yep. it and as part of our opportunity mindset focus that we've got for this four part series not only is there thinking about how to handle yourself and set motivating goals that don't demoralize because they're never going to happen but also yep. when you're in the midst of achieving a goal or just in your general day to day how on the whole do you keep an optimistic mindset so the dictionary definition i've read debs that i like about optimism is a general sense that the best is yet to come a pessimistic mindset is we've had the best already. It's downhill from <laughs> yeah. now on. Yeah. What's your um, What's your take on uh, the relevance of optimism in the world of handling change, performing at work? What's your experience?
1: Yeah, I think it's one of the key ingredients to keep that frame of mind going so that, as you said, the best is yet to come. Um, because what it does, it opens up that opportunity mindset, it opens up that looking for different ways, maybe of getting around something. It looks at that hope comes into it. So, you know, whereas if we're looking backwards all the time, we won't actually move forwards. So it's so important that when you have that desire and the commitment and the belief to want to achieve something, having that right mindset is a game changer. Because if you are not up for it, or you feel like, I can't do it. Or you think like, oh, the world is against me. This is never going to work. All of that negative language doesn't help. Whereas by having that optimistic thought process, you're focusing on what would success look like? I may not get it right away, but if I keep my eye on the prize, so to speak, then I can only keep moving forward. And it's one of the biggest things in a successful coaching conversation when people do achieve is all about their mindset, their ability to sort of come back from any setbacks. They always look for the good in something, even though it might be absolutely rubbish what they're dealing with, but they may be faced with challenge, but it's their desire, their commitment, their belief when they first came into having a one-to-one coaching session or even a team coaching session as to where they wanted to improve. What does success look like for us?
0: Yeah, love it. Where last episode was focusing on a case study example of someone that is really wanting to be promoted, you know, and how do you keep a motivating goal so it's relevant and it's relative and you're likely to achieve it. I guess what's going through my mind as we were preparing for this one is, let's say you're a team and you're facing some pretty challenging KPIs, whatever those measures are, whether it's service levels, whether it's transaction values. If as a team, you are facing some pretty tough, commercial measures, how do you keep going and optimistic when all you're seeing is these either huge like-for-like figures you're competing against or this big kind of red on the balance sheet. And yeah. that mindset, I just think, is Huge. everything. can we do it? And I know in a moment, we're going to take through some practical aspects. But for me, Debs, I know we've talked about this before, but for anyone that is thinking, oh, it's a bit woo-woo, isn't it? All this kind of what your thoughts are and the impact that has, then there is a wealth of evidence from the pharmaceutical world of researching the real world power of a placebo versus a nocebo. So if you believe this pink sugar pill is going to take your headache away, miraculously it will. Equally, the nocebo is its kind of dark, evil twin. If you think the chicken looks a bit undercooked, you start to feel a bit queasy, even though factually there might not be that ingredient in on it. So how we view that bar chart of growth that we're all targeted to achieve, if we view that with a sense of, oh, blimey, there's no way we're going to do it, then guess what? It's going to be a real challenge. And you may achieve it, but that's more about luck, but it'll be an arduous journey along the way. Whereas if you look at that kind of either the valley or the, the hill that needs to be achieved, actually it might not be easy, but that's precisely why our team is set up to be the ones that are going to do it. Let's go.
1: Absolutely. Let's do it. And I think what you've said there, I think it does depend on if you are not just the member of the team, because I think it's also the person that leads the team. So if somebody is leading that team that is, oh, you know, doom, we haven't got the budget, we haven't got this, we can't do that, because that's not going to engender that sense of creating a feeling of success. And I think that is what's really important. I think as leaders, managers, supervisors, whatever we are, if we're leading people, I believe it is my responsibility to engender that level of optimism, not that you know, where it's like, oh, yeah, everything's going to be great. Not that I don't mean that where actually I'm not being realistic. It's more around, okay, I can hear that that hasn't gone to plan or I know we've still got red showing on our targets. And that's okay because what can we then do to make that change? So it's always looking at how can we keep moving it forward? And I think that is the responsibility of a person that is managing people to have that opportunity mindset having an optimistic mindset to be able to see it from all sides not just go with the role of go yeah well them upstairs won't let us have the budget so you know what we we'll just do what we can no that's not your responsibility as a line manager I think it's up to you how you set your team up for success and it's you having that optimistic mindset and th- asking yourself questions okay it's not great I prefer it wasn't like this yet I know that with some maybe tweaks or more conversations or more team events, more whatever the more is, we can start making those little shifts, those little changes. And I think that's what it boils down to. That creates that collaborative, that camaraderie that we're all in this together. We can get through it rather than oh blimey, let's just not, bother. let's not bother. So I think it is the responsibility of a line manager to have that mindset.
0: And that as you said not sort of pretending everything's all right when it's not. So yeah, optimism when it's not, yeah. is not, you know, dreamland where if no. if you do need to recoup losses or make lots of inroads to making more whatever that measure may be. You know, I was speaking to someone yesterday who um, was working in an agency type environment. Right. And everyone had been told everything's going brilliantly it's all going fine and then people got made redundant. And the shockwaves wow. that have been sent through of, is any of this actually mm. real? Yes, right. And then it impacts trust from that point yes. on. So I think there's so much value by really being pristine. What does it mean to be optimistic? So we're not lying to people and pretending no. everything's all right when it's not. We're showing the truth and the reality of what might be required in this role or in this quarter. But we're positioning it in a way of, we can do this rather than we're all doomed and, you know, oh, well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, when you see that ability to acknowledge that it is tough, I think also, and that because people see through it anyway, we're not stupid people, right? Yeah. As you said, if your line manager is painting it as all, it's all rosy and rosy, but actually next week we're all out the door, then people would have seen that anyway, because we are super astute and we are watching and we observe. And whilst we are a member of that team. If we haven't got a good relationship with our line manager, we can't always challenge, are you sure? Because you know, what I'm sensing is that's not it's not going the way. We've just lost this client. We've just lost that client. Are you sure everything's all right? You know, To be able to challenge that woo mindset, you know, that everything's rosy, I think is a real skill as well. But that comes from trust. But I think that managers that underestimate the power that their team work with and understand or see – because they're closer on the ground sometimes, never underestimate the power of what your team can advise you of. And always listen. I've seen managers bury their heads in the sand. They think they know it all. Everything's fine. They're trying to keep the troops, you know, But actually, everybody's behind the scenes going, he's having a right old laugh over here. He's like (laughs) in cooking land, you know. So we're not stupid, is what I would say. So don't underestimate the power of that. Yeah.
0: And of course, it's a fine line because, again, a bit like, you know, if there's a pilot on board a flight, the last thing you want to hear is a pilot panicking. You know, you want to keep that calm, productivity mindset, but yet that realistic bit. Yeah. So in a moment, we're going to look at some practical applications around what we can do around language, for example. Sort of how we talk? Yes. So, Debs, we've mentioned Martin Seligman before and his brilliant stuff on positive psychology. So this is more of a, uh, a quick kind of recap. But whenever we cover it on sessions, it really gets people thinking about what does that mean about not only my own mindset, but the language that I am expressing as well. So mm. should we do a quick run through as to what Martin Seligman's take is on yes, optimism? I love
1: this. Yeah, go on. Go, law. So what he
0: says is we need to really watch out for the three P's. So when the language implies that whatever challenge we're dealing with is pervasive, So it's Mm -hmm. impacting everything. It's permanent. So it's always going to be bad. And we're powerless. You know, we're doomed and we have got no power. And we really have to watch the three P's because they can take us down to a dark place individually. And if as someone who is talking or taking a team through change and challenge, for example, being able to avoid it sounding like it's a forever state, that everything is in trouble, mm. that we just have to kind of grin and bear it, grit our teeth, then actually that might sound like you're rallying the truths, but it's actually quite a depressing message because mm. that implies to everyone else that we're just all this kind of, you know, on a on a sliding downhill and there's not much we can do. And the impact that can have from day to day morale is number one, you're tapping into the nocebo effect. I think these next three months is going to be horrendous. So guess what it is? Because we've got all that yeah. anxiety pumping through. And, you know, If someone is there, one of the 1 billion users on LinkedIn now, Debs, then there's a lot of opportunity out there in the market globally now. So if your company, your organization is sounding really downbeat and pessimistic, then all the adverts are out there talking about growth, innovation. You've got a workforce that are maybe vulnerable for resigning, you know. So what Seligman says is the more that we can bring a tie approach, T-I-E. So rather than permanent, it's temporary. For the next six weeks rather than forever. And that gives that sense of hope around this isn't forever. This is just going to be a period of hardcore energy for six weeks, but it's not forever. So it's temporary. Rather than it being pervasive, it is isolated. So in the meantime while our sales might be down, our service scores and our NPS figures are through the roof. So let's focus a little bit on that, about how we can maintain that and how we can convert that into a sales opportunity. So we leave that Monday morning catch up going, okay, cool, we've got to really focus on sales, but actually our service is really great. So rather than it being pervasive, everything's doomed, it's isolated. Is this particular bit that isn't going so well. However, this is the bit that is going well. So what can we do to replicate that? And then rather than powerless... Empowered. So, what as a team does this mean? What's going to be your focus this week? What can I do about it? Yeah. And what you're doing, I guess, is converting from victim to agent mode, aren't you? You're Absolutely. getting back in yeah. control, back in perspective yeah. about the challenge that you may be facing.
1: Yeah, and I think that tie approach CIE, I think is super important. And if anybody's listening to this and go, "Oh my god," if I just had that plastered somewhere on a post it in front of me, then that would be your way to go to just stop. And think it's not forever. And I think the language that you were talking about there, Law, like everything is not working. This is always going to be how it is. It's never going to happen. So, those big words, as I call them, which actually really, everything is broken. And I know we use this in coaching and in team dynamics when we're working with them. When people use that language of everybody, everything, nothing, always, never, we always challenge that because we go, really it's never going to happen is that what you're telling me never ever ever and they go no 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 i don't mean that i don't mean that and we go okay so what's a different word what's a better word that you could use well it's not happening right now great so we can flip the words around but we have to catch the words and because they're so i suppose they're so ingrained in our everyday language we don't always catch them yeah i know when we've done workshops law when people say yeah i'm quite good I always go, mm, quite, mm, let's just work that one out. And then goes, oh, no, 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 I am good. Yeah. And it's little things like that is to catch the words that people use and just challenge it because that creates that different thought process instantly, which takes people away from the more pessimistic. Oh, you see, I'm no good at anything. Then therefore I must be rubbish. No, 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 no. Let's come back. So you're no good at anything anything at all and they go well no i am good at this or that so that what you've just said isn't true oh yeah okay i get it and it's fascinating to watch people's brains then get around it and every time they say the word quiet i'm quite good oh, no 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 i'm not quite and they they catch it themselves and i think that's the beauty and that's tie is a great reminder of that, I think. Yeah.
0: My God, Devs, it's so brilliant to just listen to you talk then, because I was thinking, I wonder to what extent is it a human tendency to overplay the enormity of external influences and underplay the impact we individually can then have? And then that's the slippery sliding slope, isn't it? Which is, Absolutely. there's nothing I can do, all that dramatic language, as you were saying, yeah. but the impact that has is it really wobbles teams,
1: It does. And it wobbles yourself as well, because then even though you subconsciously, that little word will be like a little worm in your brain. And then you'll go looking for things that aren't working or things that, see, I I knew that wasn't going to work. See, I said that. So then our brain is set us up to go and find those things to go, okay, you've asked me to find everything you're not good at. And so it goes, I can do that because it doesn't differentiate between the feelings at all. It just wants a command. So if you've given your brain that command of everybody is against me, guess what? It will start finding those facts, if you like, that go, yep, brain compute, everybody is okay. Whereas if we were to go, no, no, that's not true. That isn't helpful. That's not logical. Then your brain will go and look for what you do want. So that turns it from that into that opportunity or the optimistic, I should say, mindset that goes then looking for the opposite of what it is. And we can do that. It just takes us a bit longer to do it.
0: And in a nutshell, that's the old confirmation bias, isn't it?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it is law. Yeah, completely. I completely forgot what that was. Yes, but it is. It's
0: So, right, Deb you're still a good person. <laughs>
1: I'm not just quite good you are good
0: (laughs) so yeah so the the old confirmation bias because there's 3.6 million bits of information hitting our senses every second and depending on your processing preferences your brain likes patterns you know so if if you think this month is going to be really difficult then that will just attract more difficulties you'll spot it whereas the things that are the bits of sunshine you might sort of discount it because there's got to be some yeah. ordering and prioritising. Otherwise, there's just too much to be able to think our way through.
1: Yes. So I think your point about catching the language and relating it back to, you know, the type I think is is spot on for anybody who wants to practice an optimistic mindset. I think we're set up to look for risk, look for danger, look for everything. Whereas so we have to really consciously look for the opportunity that could be there. And I know we've said this before, Law, where in any setback or in any challenge or in anything that you're being faced with at the moment, there is always an opportunity to look for what I can do differently, better, more of. But we have to really consciously look for it sometimes because it's easier to go down that route of doom and gloom It is.
0: And I think we're very um, fortunate, or I guess it was a planned choice at some point in our past to go, actually, I really want to be in that kind of world of L&D. But I think on the whole, learning and development coaching is the world of optimism, because we're all about what can we do today to maximise our success or happiness in the future? It's all that sort of future focused bit. But it's just got me thinking, and then we'll have a look at some practical things that we can do day to day. I had a really funny little interaction with a good old friend of mine, Charlie. So when she's listening to this, this will make her laugh. And weight and weight loss has been an ongoing right. opportunity in my life Debs, <laughs> to, uh, to deal with that. And um, her and I'd gone out for some business brunch. This is years ago. And mm-hmm. uh, Charlie has got a fantastic fitness yeah. and an amazing physique and she really worked hard at it. Anyway, it's amazing how the attitude I had, because I thought, you know, oh, some people are just lucky. You know, they don't have to, they they just have that. And then we were there, yeah, we were standing there choosing our breakfast choices. And I'd, you know, put my second slice of toast in to the toaster to then get that ready on top of of everything else. And I said, Oh, should I put a slice in for you, Charlie? And she went, Oh, no, I don't eat bread. And I went, Oh, I said, You don't have to worry about not eating bread. And she goes, (laughs) That's why I don't have to worry about not eating bread. (laughs) Brilliant. And Deb, it was like the world has opened up. I went, "Oh my goodness, maybe actually the things that you care about, you have to put some work in. It doesn't happen naturally." And I was reflecting how the number of people over the years have said to me, "God, you've got such an optimistic mindset. You know, aren't you lucky?" And in my mind, I'm thinking, "Do you know how hard? Yeah,
1: absolutely. (laughs) You have to work at keeping
0: yourself optimistic because it is so easy to get influenced by all the stuff." but it's a choice you know actually it's not about pretending everything's all right when it's not No. which is why we'll talk about boundary management in a moment but it's it's a conscious choice if you listen to this and you're thinking Actually, I do feel like on the whole, my my mindset has been ground down a little bit. And the last three Mm. or four years have been full on for a lot of working adults and, you know, all over the world, really. So it'd be quite understandable if we start to feel that it's chipping away, it's become patterns. So if the pattern has been, you look at an opportunity and you think there's no way we can do that. If that doesn't feel like you, then could it be that there's just been some patterns that have been forming because we've had to be so risk aware because all of the change and the challenge and the pandemic and all Mm. that kind of stuff. So if you listen to this and thinking, do you know what, I think it's an opportunity just to refresh my mindset, then it really does make an impact. Your outlook, as we can see from the pharmaceutical world, if you think something's going to be good or bad for you, your body will make it so. We've looked at the power of language and as you were saying, being able to catch it, not only how we identify mm. with ourselves, but how we speak with others. So let's maybe end on some thoughts about what we can do day to day to practice this optimistic mindset, particularly during times of challenge.
1: Yes, let's.
0: What are some things that you've seen can really help practice an everyday, on the whole, optimistic mindset about things?
1: Yeah, the ones that I really like are to have your go-to mantras. They're not just t-shirt material. <laughs> Choose love. It's not just that. They can be real things for you that make a big difference. And they're really quick and they're really snappy, and they can be just accessed quite quickly. So I always love that mantra and to have it visible somewhere around you. So I think that's really good. And repeating it often changes your approach to things because your brain is going, okay, you're asking me to be this. I can do that. I can do that. And the more I hear it, the more used to it I get. So mantras is a good one. I think also focusing on success. So even though you might have had some tough challenges and you might have gone through some tough times, you would have learned something from it. So taking a moment to focus on, yes, it was crap. What I learned from that was this. And what I managed to do out of that was this. So focusing on learning opportunities that come out of that, I think is really important. And as we said earlier, challenging your negative thoughts. Don't get stuck in them because they're not necessarily true. But the one that always sticks out for me is that ability to cultivate that attitude of gratitude and just taking a moment and just being thankful for what's in your life. They would be my sort of top ones. There are many others about surrounding yourself with positive people paying things forward, all of that lovely stuff that we can do. But that would be the one that I would probably say, you know, just doesn't matter how hard, let stuff go sometimes, but practice the attitude of gratitude.
0: Oh, I love it! I can see that on a T-shirt, Deb's attitude of gratitude, I like rhyming things. It's
1: easy to remember, like yeah, you do. Easy to remember exactly. That's why it's a good to have a mantra. Yeah,
0: yeah. So boundaries is a huge topic, which is why we're going to focus quite a bit on it next week's focus, which is all about creating an abundant mindset, mm-hmm. and a lot of that is to do with the sort of the boundaries that you keep. But just interesting what you were saying about who you surround yourself with. Yeah. So to look after yourself and to protect your mindset, how are you going to put some nice white picket fence? lines around. So it's not walls. So you're not saying to people, sorry, I find you too depressing. Can I not meet with you today? (laughs) But it's more putting some fence lines. So if you're scanning your working week, and if you are fortunate enough to have some control over who you interact with, then how do you ensure there's a bit of a balance between the people that you find pick you up amongst maybe some of the tougher conversations? If your type of role is you just have to react whatever comes your way, what on the whole day by day or shift by shift, helps protect your mindset. So if you are currently working with the general public in your role and a lot of the general public might be bringing quite a pessimistic mindset Very easy to get ground down by that. So, you might have to work extra hard to look after your own mindset, but you matter, you count. There's no one in the world quite like you. So, if you're not going to look after yourself and keep, on the whole, an optimistic mindset about the future, then that's going to make a real impact, not only on you, but on others as well. So, I think this also goes out for the people that care a lot for others. It also means you are more resilient and more resourceful to help others if you also have that optimistic mindset because it keeps you kind of energised.
1: Yeah. So, Law, tell me what your... I know I said I mentioned about mantras, but I suppose what would be really cool is to understand, I know what mine is that keeps me going and it does change, but what would be your one?
0: Well, it's channelling what you said to me. No, you said to us as a team a while ago, which is if you're starting to feel overwhelmed by the amount of things that you need to do, I find time and time management a real challenge. So it feels sometimes like I'm beleaguered, there's nothing I can do, It's too much to do, not enough time. And that mantra of, I have everything I need to do what I need to do. Yeah. My gosh, that converts from panic to poise. And I find that a really resourceful way to look at what might feel like an impossible day. And rather than pessimistic, which is there's no way I'm going to do that. It flips my mindset in that moment. I may not be an easy day, but I have everything I need to do what I need to do. Getting back into that optimism. So thank you for that. All those years ago. No, my
1: pleasure. Oh, <laughs> my pleasure. I love the panic to poise as well. That's so nice, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, going from there. And yours? So mine is, I always sort of say, I can do this. And the emphasis is on the can, not just I can do this. It's like I can do this. So the little bit at the end that goes up means it's open and ready to go. Yeah, I can do this. Let's go. You know, so that's mine.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So what would your call to action be?
1: So my call to action would be to take a moment and think about what is your own mantra? That would be it. What's the one that's going to remind you to... Keep that optimistic mindset. And when you're faced with some challenge, it's like, how do you employ your mantra that you're going to look at, make it visible, put it everywhere. And then you just repeat it and then that's your one that's going to keep moving you forward.
0: Beautiful. My share the secret would be individually, is they a colleague or a mate who you can get to listen to this and then you share each other's mantra so you can keep each other buoyed mm-hmm. along. We know increasingly a lot of teams are using these podcasts as a bit of inspiration. So what a fantastic way to set a team mantra, an individual one, plaster it on the back of house somewhere or remind it, show it as a word cloud at your next meeting because it lifts you. And if you're about to have a pretty full-on conversation that is around yeah. Handling Challenge, if you've reminded each other of, actually, these are our mantras, then it's certainly going to raise a bit of cheer in that moment and then you're much more likely to have the energy to crack on with it. So, Debs, I'm feeling right yes. fired up for the week ahead.
1: Oh, me too. Let's go. Let's go. Yay. I
0: can do this.
1: And you can next do next week,
0: we are going to look at how to create an abundant mindset as a team. Yes. And what does that nice. mean? So I think that's brilliant for anyone out there who knows they've got some pretty big things that they want to achieve and tick off this year. How do yep. we create that mindset around opportunity and abundance?
1: Oh, I'm so looking forward to that, Law. I love this series because it's right up our street and we just want to share that. So I'm looking forward to that one, Law. But in the meantime, have a great week.
0: Have a gorgeous week. See you on the other side.
1: Love See you. See you on the other side. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at at aool.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're a Spotify listener, give us a rating as it makes it easier for us to share the secret with others.